0: We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for May 23rd, 2010. And we'll be doing our standard uh, current event and Bible study for today. Some of the topics we'll be covering uh, start out with a little bit of the Bible here, Psalm 74 verses 12 through 23. And then we'll be taking a brief look at the new um, uh, DVD that's just come out in the new production. By Keith Thompson or Keith Truth. That's how it goes. That's his handle up on the internet. And uh, it's Aquarius, the Age of Evil. I mentioned it last week. But you can actually go view it now online. And then the next uh, article we'll be looking at is how Tony Blair is courting Rick Warren in a bid to unite all the faiths, all the false faiths on the planet. And then... Uh, how the police are staging a terror attack exercise in Long Beach. They're they're doing a mock terror attack. Next article is, uh, we're going to be looking a little bit at um, the economy, uh, looking at a uh, little article from Richard Russell, who is a, a stock market expert. And then we'll be looking, oh, kind of a rather extensive look at the whole thing on the oil leak, oil spill that's going on in the Gulf. Are they purposely killing the Gulf? Uh, are journalists being arrested for covering the, uh, this story? Uh, we're going to be looking at the dispersants that they're using, uh, the cleanup. There's just a lot we're not being told. A lot we're not being told. And then we're going to be looking at a couple of videos on the Border Patrol and how we're also being misled regarding that particular story, uh, regarding the illegal aliens. Next thing we'll be looking at is the trapezoid, which is regarded by occultists as one of the most satanic symbols that there is. And then the new article that just came out this week on how a pig virus is contaminating the rotavirus vaccines. And the FDA is saying there's no problem with that. Uh, next article is Artificial DNA Breakthrough that they've just uh, come up with. And then just briefly hitting on a interview that George Norrie did this week from an occultist who talks about the indigo children. These are like the indigo star children, those ones I've talked about in times past. And then just a couple listener uh, comments that um, we'll be looking at as well. So let's go ahead and we'll get started for today here. Psalm 74, verse 12 through 23. For God is my king of old, working salvation in the midst of earth. Thou didst divide the sea by thy strength. Thou breakest the heads of the dragons in the waters. Thou breakest the heads of the the Leviathan in pieces. And gavest him to be meat to the people inhabiting the wilderness. So in other words, no matter how bad or how uh, horrific things may look, the Lord Jesus Christ is still in control. He can still destroy evil. He will destroy evil. Okay, And again, these are things that you want to think of regarding like the information that we're looking at today. Regarding the day and times we're, we're moving into. That God is all powerful. He hasn't went anywhere. We're not supposed to be cowering in abject fear over these things. That the Bible clearly predicted were going to be happening. Granted, the Bible doesn't go into exact detail about every little event that you know we're going to be facing. But all the things that are going on right now with all of the evil that we're seeing perpetuate, it really should be of no surprise to us. Of the strong delusion that's happening to the masses and to the church, quote, church at large, it shouldn't be any surprise to us. It actually confirms exactly what the scriptures were saying. Uh, Next verse. Thou didst cleave the fountain in the flood. Thou driest up mighty rivers. The day is thine, the night is also thine. Thou hast prepared the light and the sun. So everything's God's. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and all they that dwell therein. So no matter what Satan may claim or or lay claim to, the reality is, is everything belongs to the Lord. Next first, thou hast set all the borders of the earth, thou hast made summer and winter. Remember this, that the enemy hath reproached, O Lord, and that the foolish people have blasphemed thy name. There's a lot of that going on right now. And the way you know the way that things are portrayed in well Hollywood or, or TV or the news is that God is not a factor whatsoever. He is the one thing typically excluded from whenever you see really just about any natural disaster or, or anything going on where where Hollywood's portraying evil. And, and it's always, their portrayal is typically always, well, evil is where the real power is. And they'll have people that are essentially involved in the occult battling evil. It's like white witchcraft versus black witchcraft, this movement that you see on TV where there are these heroes and they've literally got a series they are called Heroes. They need to be born. And these are ones that are going to protect humanity. It's not God protecting humanity. The Lord Jesus Christ or his angels. No, it's not that. It's essentially evil. And this is a very big... Um, brainwashing scheme that, that you see here. So God is typically excluded from the conversation, um, which is all by design because they want they don't want people to have faith that the Lord can deliver them. The Lord Jesus Christ can deliver them. They don't want, They don't want people to have that faith. They don't want people to understand the concepts of the verses that we're talking about here. He's the one in control. But see, if you don't have faith, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So, faith is is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So, we have to have faith in order to please God. And if you don't have faith, there's little chance that your prayers are going to get answered without faith behind them. So, let's go further. Oh, deliver not the soul of thy turtle dove unto the multitude of the wicked. He's asking for... For protection here, the psalmist is ask, asking for protection. Forget not the congregation of the poor forever. Have respect under the covenant, for the dark places of the earth are full of the habitations of cruelty. I mean, if we only knew what we're going on, you know. I, I know I get into a lot of this on a weekly basis here, but the wickedness that's actually going on all over the earth that we're not even aware of. God's aware of it. The Lord, Jesus Christ, Father God, they're aware of this, but we're really not. We may get glimpses and things of this nature, but um, evil men and seducers are waxing, meaning growing worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. 2 Timothy 3.13, and um, this verse is just more evidence of that. Oh, let not the oppressed return ashamed. Let the poor and needy praise thy name. Arise, O God, plead, plead thine own cause. Remember how the foolish man reproaches thee daily. Forget not the voice of thine enemies. Now, primarily, the enemies of God, if you think about this, are not really man so much as they are the wicked, evil entities, And this is one of the reasons why the Bible says to put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So, the primary enemies of humanity, of a a born-again Christian, and of God, his angels, the Lord Jesus Christ, I mean... Anything that is holy are these evil entities that we just talked about here. So, a lot of times what somebody could say with the imprecatory prayers and these types of things that you're, that you're praying this about a particular person. I, I believe primarily they should be used in regard to our true enemy, which at the head is Satan and his fallen angels and demons and, and these types of things. Uh, these are not redeemable. These Evil entities will never repent. And I, I think that a lot of times it's easy to look at verses like this and, and associate them always with human beings. But our primary enemy are spiritual. Okay, So that's just something to bear in mind regarding these types of verses as well. Because I don't know if I brought that up enough when I got into the study I did on the precatory prayers. Which I've done a whole study on that as well. And... Um, to access just about any study I've ever done, just go up to YouTube for now. T and Scott Johnson and then, like in this case, in precatory, that word. Or prayers, and you'll find them up on YouTube. So it says, Forget not the voice of thine enemies, the tumult of tumult of those that rise up against thee increaseth continually. And that's where we're at. Right now, and that, and again, that's what we're, we're going to be kind of talk. we talk about this on a week-to-week basis, that wickedness is increasing continually. Uh, before we get into the main study, the, this uh, new DVD that's come out, and now it's available, you can go actually watch it on Keith Truth, on his website, on his YouTube site. Um... And it's called Aquarius, the Age of Evil. talked about it a little bit last time. just give you a little rundown here. It examines the history of the New World Order. It demonstrates that the New World Order is New Age oriented. The Zeitgeist films and the movement are exposed and shown to have ties to the New Age, Theosophy, Freemasonry, and the New World Order movement. It covers Benjamin Krem, Maitreya, 2012, and the utopian New Age coadjutors who have infiltrated the Patriot movement. It also interviews Constance Cumbie, Dr. Scott Johnson, and Chris White, researched by Keith Thompson and Eric Blaine. So they actually interviewed me for this, and um, uh, it was a pleasure. And I tell you, I've only got about uh, into the sixth part uh, up on YouTube, and I have to say, from what I've watched so far, it is the finest production I have ever seen on this subject, ever. It takes a lot of what I have said in times past about Maitreya, about uh, Madame Blavatsky, about Alice Bailey, about the New World Order, about the zeitgeist, and it ties it all together in a... It's its, just, it's amazing. So anyway, I highly recommend it. You can actually buy the, the, the film. Uh, I'll give you a link to do that. And I don't make any money off this or anything, so I, I, re- I really want to just help Keith out. But it's a, uh, if you have somebody that's, that maybe is a little bit familiar with this information and, and, and they need more convincing, I can't think of a better thing to expose them to. It's, it's amazing. Uh, anyway, I wanted just to kind of touch upon that. And um, I give you the link You can to part one if you want to start watching that online as well. And again, I will have this, I'll send this out via email like I do every week, and then it will also be in a PDF form attached to the teaching on contendingfortruth.com for the um, 523-2010 teaching that I'm doing here. Okay, so let's go further here. Next article is Tony Blair courts U.S. Pastor Rick Warren in a bid to unite all faiths. This is from... Oh, just the 14th, looks like of March uh, from the Observer. Former Prime Minister uh, is attempting to build a network of Christian allies. He's the former Prime minister of England, Tony Blair, a network of Christian allies as he prepares to launch a religious offensive in North America. Uh, Tony Blair is preparing to launch a, quote, faith offensive across the United States over the next year after building up relations with a network of religious, of influential religious leaders and faith organizations. Now we have an absolute total, basically, former politician coming into the fray of now uniting all the faiths on the planet. Not to say he's the first one or the only one, but he's a pretty major one. With Afghanistan and Iraq casting a shadow over his popularity at home in Britain, Blair's focus has increasingly shifted across the Atlantic to where the nexus of faith and power uh, is immutable, and he is like a rock star. Give me a break. And remember, this is from The Observer, this isn't from a Christian source here, but I I think what they say is pretty much self-condemning, and you'll see why condemning regarding him. According to the annual accounts of the Tony Blair Faith Foundation, a UK-based charity that promotes cohesion between the major faiths, the foundation is to develop a U.S. arm that will pursue a host of faith-based projects. The accounts show that his foundation has an impressive, and in one case controversial, set of faith contacts. Sitting on some $4.5 million in funds, 4.5 million pounds uh, in funds as of April last year, most gathered through donations. It is now well-placed to make his voice heard. 4 point million and wow, that's a lot of money. A pound is a lot more than a dollar, so um, that really shouldn't surprise us. The Foundation's Advisory Council of Religious Leaders includes Rick Warren, Powerful founder of the California-based Saddleback Church. Now, again, I've done several teachings on Rick Warren. Go up to YouTube, King Scott Johnson, and then Rick, or Warren, and, and you'll find him up there. Um, several teachings exposing him. It attracts congregations of nearly th- uh, 20,000, his Rick Warren, and is reportedly one of the largest in the U.S.A., Warren, who has addressed the United Nations and the World Economic Forum in Davos, has been named one of the 15 world leaders who matter most. Rick Warren. 15 world leaders who matter most? I've told you this before, that they only honor, meaning they, New World Order, the globalists, the elite, whatever you want to call them,
1: they only honor
0: their own. They're not going to let you get in that position. Unless they've allowed you to be there, I understand the Lord Jesus Christ is on the throne. Okay, but the Bible does clearly predict it's going to get more and more and more wicked, as is, as it was in the days of Noah. So shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man? I mean, Noah's day was about as wicked as you could get, and we've got all these other Bible verses that confirm that as well. We know there's going to be a strong delusion sent by the Lord, according to Second Thessalonians chapter two. So, um. Again, and we've done so many studies exposing Rick Warren, and I don't, wouldn't even know where to. I don't want to reinvent the wheel. We've already kind of done those studies. But uh, he is also one of the hundred most influential people in the world. His influence was confirmed in December of 2008 when good old Barack Obama chose him to give the invocation at his presidential inauguration. We did a whole study on the inauguration of Barack Obama and you can key that in up on YouTube as well. Um, Anyway, going further, also on the council is David Coffey, president of the Baptist World Alliance, a Virginia-based network of churches that spans the globe and is particularly active in the U.S. There's going to be no denomination that is going to be spared from this. There's not. Even the Baptists. So... They're all eventually going to come under the banner of the new world order. And when the lying signs and wonders and miracles, which is the primary way that the Antichrist and the false prophet are going to deceive the whole world, when those kick into high gear, you're going to have uh, much quicker uniting, most likely. Yes, you'll have a separation from some that we'll be able to identify. But... People that are in those movements, the longer they've been in them, the longer they stayed, and the longer and more content they are to maybe warm a pew in one of those particular denominations, the harder it is for them, it's going to be for them to see what the truth really is because they've already been deluded for a long time. Not everyone, but I'm talking the majority. It's the strong delusion that God said He was going to send. Um, so. Going further, his desire for North America, meaning Tony Blair's, is to be the focus of his faith-based operations was confirmed by the decision to hold his foundation's inaugural event in May of 2008 in New York. For the charity's key partners and religious stakeholders, religious stakeholders... These are people that have a lot of steaks. They go out and they order Delmonico and filet mignon and they put them in the refrigerator. They're stakeholders. No, just kidding. Sorry. A little humor there. Anyway, um, yeah, They're, this foundation has partners. Now, what does that mean? Financial partners. They have a vested interest. Nothing's, nothing's done um, anymore unless there's something to be gained regarding this type of stuff that we're talking about here. The charity's key partners and religious stakeholders. That's an interesting statement. Who shine a light on the close connections the foundation now enjoys with major political institutions in the U.S. So now we have major political institutions... Yoking up with religious institutions, not to say that wasn't the case before, but it's just more overt now. With Washington, with the Washington-based Center for Interfaith, that means you're having an organization that is uniting all the faiths together. With the Washington-based Center for Interfaith Action, the foundation supported a meeting of major international organizations, plus the White House... World Bank, the United Nations, and the World Health Organization. (laughs) Now these are the same devil organizations that I talk about almost on a weekly basis. And they're uniting with this, with Tony Blair's uh, organization here. The White House, the World Bank. What would the World Bank want anything Well, it's all part of the coming one world political system, one world economic system, one world monetary system, one world religious system. They're all going to be united into one. That's why they're all starting to get on the same page. So let me just read that last part again. Uh, With Washington based Center for Interfaith Action, the foundation supported a meeting of major international organizations, plus the White House, World Bank, United Nations. World Health Organization, who are active in faith-based approaches to combating malaria to coordinate international efforts. They're not interested in combating malaria. They want malaria. They want to kill as many people as possible. That one guy that, that, that in, uh, invented MMS, that Miracle Mineral Solution, was a total cure for malaria. Malaria. They took it to all these villages in, in Africa and it was curing everybody. But that's never going to... They, they don't want to cure people. They don't want to really do that. They, they'll, they'll, they'll put up a facade as though, yeah, we want to do this and we want to do that. We want to buy a mosquito netting. We're, what we really want to do is we want to vaccinate them against this malaria. Well, I'll just kill them quicker. Just vaccinate poisons we're're going we're gonna, we've done so many studies on vaccinations again you can you can find those up on either contendingfortrude.com in the archive section or up on YouTube if you want to know more about that but yeah the guy that invented miracle mineral solution that uh, I think his last name's humble. anyway, you can key that in miracle mineral solution online. They had basically a hundred percent cure rate on malaria. Now the thing is, is if you use that stuff, all I'm telling you is be careful. Okay, I have a word document. I'll email you on how to do it properly. Email me and I'll I'll email it to you. It's Dr. Johnson, D R J O H N S O N at the letter I, the letter X dot net n e t c o m dot com. I'll email you my. Where I think i got a couple Word documents on it. Uh, because if you take literally one more drop of that stuff than your body can handle on a given day, you will be throwing up violently. This is why I don't advocate it very much, because you got to be careful with that stuff. Silver will not, the, the colloidal silver that I use, the invive silver, will not do that. I've never And now it can give you what they call a Herxheimer reaction, which is a die-off, reaction but not anything like like um, this the the MMS is really 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 strong stuff um, so just be careful email me i'll get you the email document um, if you the silver my website on the silver is uh, dr um johnson dr-johnson.com www.dr -johnson.com um but anyway Let's go further here. Anyway, they're, uh, they're, they're, these, they have faith based approaches to combating malaria to coordinate international efforts. Other North American faith based initiatives endorsed by the foundation include the Faith Act Fellowship, which selects 30 leaders aged 18 to 25 drawn from different faiths from the US, the UK, and Canada to embark on a 10-month journey of interfaith service. Well, what does that mean? That means you could have somebody from Buddhism, Hinduism, whatever, and Christianity, most likely pseudo-Christianity, and they're drawing these people together and, and setting them out on a 10-month journey of interfaith service. So, yeah, we can all get along, we can all see what common ground we have, the Bible says to be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what communion hath you know righteousness with unrighteousness? And we're supposed to come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. And then God says, I will receive you. And he'll be a father to us, and we'll be his children to him. So this is not something that we want to be uh, yoking up with. It's one thing to witness to somebody of a different faith, if that faith has taken them to hell it's one thing to do that, it's another thing to be yoked up with them and to say, oh let's put aside our petty differences and just get all on the same page but that's one world religion, that's what we're moving toward it's what the Bible clearly predicts Blair's status is such that he is now called on to sprinkle stardust at religious gatherings he comes out there, he he dresses like a pixie And he has his little wand, and he comes out with stardust. They have him up on one of those ropes, those little ropes, and he flits around the the audience, and he looks like Tinkerbell. It's crazy, he's in like a little tutu, tights. No, just kidding, sorry. That would be a scary sight, actually. Anyway, Blair's status is such that he is now called on to sprinkle stardust at religious gatherings, such as a speech he delivered at the National Prayer Breakfast in Washington. Even his autobiography called The Journey, for which he was paid 4.6 million pounds in advance, appears to be aimed at the U.S. market. 4.6 million pounds? In advance? That's the kind of money that these ex- high-level politicians can command. Speaking engagements, books they write, or whatever, it's probably a ghostwriter, who knows. It's unbelievable, the amount of money these guys make. Now, I've got two links here regarding Rick Warren, um, and Rick Warren and Rupert Murdoch who's actually a member, one of the most evil men on the planet. Rupert Murdoch is actually a member of Saddleback Church, just so you know. I've given you the two links to my teachings up on YouTube that you can click into. You don't have to search for them. I don't have anything on Tony Blair where I've ever done teaching, but this ties in a lot to with what Rick Warren's doing. So, wanted to touch on that. Next article, Pentagon Police Stage Terror Attack Exercise in Long Beach. This is from May 19th. If you live in Long Beach, California, you may think the city is under attack by terrorists today. Uh, the Alder Realty Investment Company in Long Beach has sent a notice to residents informing them that response agencies, including the U.S. Coast Guard, the local police, the fire department, along with the military, will be conducting a training exercise in the city, which is entitled Port Protector 2010. An attachment to this notice states it will consist of a training exercise in response um, to a terrorist threat, including a hostage scenario and hazmat training, which is like where you get into biological warfare with hazmat suits. Uh, a United States Coast Guard helicopter will be flying overhead as part of the training exercise. The exercise continues. Weapons will be brandished, but there'll be no gunfire. But they will be brandished. I mean, Unbelievable. Long Beach motor officers will be patrolling the outer perimeter areas of of the exercise for safety and to keep non-exercise participants out of the exercise area. Long Beach exercise is another example of an engineered demise of the posse commentatus and a usurpation of the right of the states to control their police, emergency services, and National Guard under the guise of the manufactured war on terror. In short, Posse Comitatus is dead, so far as the government and the Pentagon are concerned. Increasingly, there is little divide between the military and local law enforcement. And again, that's another thing you'll, you'll see as we move in more into the new world order. You're going to see a combining not only of, of religions, not only of a melding and melting away of country borders and things of this nature. It really, it's going to take place on just about every level of society. But you're also going to see then the local police and the states merging with federal and these types of things. Obama signed Executive Order 13528 on January 11th, establishing a, quote, Council of Governors described as an advisory panel that will allow the Pentagon to implement contingency plans designed to seize control of the State National Guard in the event of a national emergency. So, he's already signed that, and I wanted just to touch on that. Next article, just briefly touching on this, is entitled, Dow Theorist Richard Russell Says Sell Everything You Won't Recognize America By the End of the Year. Now, again, I'm not just saying this stuff so you panic. This is what a lot of people are saying. Now, I'm not saying this is absolutely going to happen, totally dogmatic, but I'm sure I'm getting a lot of indication from a lot of high-level people that are involved in finance that this will be the case. Um Richard Russell, who is the famous writer of the Dow Theory Letters, has a chilling line in today's note. He says, quote, Do your friends a favor. Tell them to batten down the hatches because there is a hard rain coming. Tell them to get out of debt. Well, that's biblical. Praise the Lord. Tell them to get out of debt and sell anything they can sell and they don't need in order to get liquid. So, what the reason he's saying this is because if things start to go down and get bad, if you're sitting on a whole bunch of assets like IRAs or 401ks or whatever, most likely you'll never see them again. You probably will never be able, or if and when the banks reopen, if there's a banking collapse, and I know there's there's people that say there's that's never going to happen and this type of thing, but I just don't know how you have a monetary system with nothing backing it like we've had essentially since 1968 when they totally took us off the silver standard. I don't see how you have a monetary system with nothing backing in it and it just can continue forever and never implode. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Let's go further. Um, in other words, sell what you can sell. Be in a position where you can ideally get out of there on a moment's notice um, and if you have things like food and ways to purify water or make water, like the, Ec- the Eclo Blue machine that uh, Alex Jones advocates, and I have one. You know, I, let me t- say something about that. I, <laughs> I bought that thing, and um, I bought it before they came out with the new ones. And um, I use it. It's a pain. I'll say that. Now, I don't know. Maybe the new ones are a lot better. I've had other people tell me, I had one guy say that he sent his back, it was just too much of a pain to use. It's a lot of work, the, the first ones. And they still sell those, and they're like $999 now. They've come way down in price. I got mine right before the price dropped. Ugh. Anyway, um, they work, but it's a lot of work to maintain them. It's not easy. And... Particularly on those the um, older versions, the tolerances on those machines are extremely tight. In, o- in other words, in order to get the panels off and do this or do that, uh, you have to have like the hand strength of a gorilla in order to do a lot of this stuff. I've, I'm a pretty strong guy, and I mean it's everything I can do to even work on the thing Sometimes, you know, I mean, hey, if you're if you're adept at man, all you women out there. If you go to strongman competitions, if you go to the arm wrestling competitions, you've got a lot of good hand strength, I think you can handle it. But for those of you who are not involved in that, it, it can be pretty tough. So, anyway. But the new machines they got coming out, I, I think the one they, they say right now, I don't know if it's 450 or 900 watts it of, of power to run it. The new machines are almost half that to run it. And yet they put out more water. So they must have made some big breakthrough with the new ones they've got out now. It's also another added stage of filtration. Um, maybe they figured out some of the problems um, with the first ones because they're they're tough. I wouldn't advise really getting one of the first ones unless, you know, if money's a super big issue, you can get one of those now for $999. The bottom line is, is that is a way that you can make water without having to rely on anyone. You have your own little water plant, and it basically takes the humidity out of the air and makes it into water. Okay, Again, you need to maintain the machine, um, clean it on a regular basis in order so that the water is nice and fresh. Okay, Because if you don't do that, the water will get bad. Trust me. Uh I've had a year of tearing my hair out trying to keep this thing maintained and I think I've got a pretty good system right now, but it's not that easy. Uh but the bottom line is is that is something that could literally sustain quite a few people. If you were I mean if you're in a desert it's not as easy because the humidity's not there for the for it to pull out. Okay? But in any kind of normal humidity environment you're gonna be able to make quite a bit of water with this thing. And it could literally be something that would really save a lot of lives in a particular scenario or situation. But if we were to lose power, you've got to have a way to power it as well. The new machines, now they've got solar panels that you can power the machine. And I looked looked up there the other day, and uh, the solar panels for my machine, because it's like, kind of conflicting information, it says 450 watts and it says 900 watts. Solar panels to power the machine... For the one I've got, for the one that's nine hundred ninety-nine dollars up on the on their website, uh Blue, and you can go up to Alex Jones or go to Ecloblue, Blue, and you'll, you'll see the ads for it. The E C O L O B L U E, Echo Blue, I believe it's spelled. Uh, the solar panels are like six grand to power my machine. I thought, well, that's reasonable. Where do I sign up? And then I went and I looked at the solar panels for the more expensive machine that just came out. That's like three or four hundred dollars more, and it's it's four thousand. So it's two thousand less. Now I think that's overpriced, personally, regarding solar. A lot of times, people that sell solar, it's super overpriced. But the bottom line is is it would be a way to power the machine. If we didn't have power. And all I'm telling people is that whatever you can do, whatever the Lord leads you to do, and I'm not saying don't pray and fast about anything that I'm telling you to do. Or or suggesting you may do. I'm not telling you to do anything. But pray and fast about it. See what direction the Lord leads you. If you have the money, and He led you in that area. It's something you might want to think about. Because water, outside of oxygen, is like the main thing we need to live. You can't live that long without oxygen. Just try holding your breath. But water is the next thing that can become crucial. And these will be things that will be withheld from us when things get bad. That's why it's good if you have your own property to have a well and have a well that is either powered by solar or something that you can hand pump. And then if the well water is bad, you want a way to kind of purify the water as well. Just things to think about. And I've gotten into a lot of these little different things over the over times past. I, I just wanted to touch upon this. Um, anyway, he says, this Dow theorist, Richard Russell, going back to this article, tell them to get out of debt, sell anything they can and don't need in order to get liquid. Okay, again, he's saying get liquid, get water. You know, like I said, I'm just kidding, sorry. A little joke there. Anyway, tell them that Richard Russell says, that by the end of this year, they won't recognize this country. They'll retort, how the Dickens does Russell know, and who told him? Now, I haven't had anybody retort to me lately, much less say, how in the Dickens does Russell know, or who told him? That was like an expression my grandma used to use. You still don't hear that very much anymore. Anyway, how in the Dickens does Russell know, who told him? Tell them the stock market told him. The fact is, I've been seeing a deterioration in the stock markets ever since early April, and this is the face. And this is in the face of improving business news. Okay, so this is just what one Dow theorist is saying, and uh, something you might want to think about. Next article: Are they purposely killing the Gulf? We're going to look at that today. Uh, this is by. Uh, Guy named William Spear. It's from 517 of this year. The private foreign international monetary banking cartel controls its puppets in Washington as it controls its oil company executives. And everything the cartel does is anti life. I think that's something that's very important to understand about a lot of subjects that we talk about. Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy, right? It's anti life. Satan is anti-life. The people at the very top of the food chain, whether you want to refer to them as the elitists or the Bilderbergs, or the CFR, or the Illuminati, some people say they're all Zionists, some people say it's all about the Vatican, you know, there's a lot of different... I think it's one big group effort with Satan at the head. I don't tend to focus on any one particular group and say, it's just about the... You know what it's just about? It's just about Satan and his fallen angels, influencing humanity, and those that have sold their souls to the devil, and I mean that literally. And a lot of times it's generational when it comes to that. It's bloodline, generational Luciferianism. Which is really going to be the coming essence of the religious system that we're moving into in the New World Order, theosophy. And this is why I like that Age of Aquarius um, DVD that just came out so much. Because he really gets into that. He really uh, ties everything together. I mean, man, Keith really did his homework for that. Really did an excellent job on this, exposing it. Let's go further. And everything the cartel does is anti-life. There are absolutely no exceptions. And their pretended Gulf oil cleanup is a glaring case in point. Now, I felt this from the moment this happened, that I saw them dragging their feet. I said, they're doing it on purpose. They're doing this on purpose. Order out of chaos. They're bringing the order they want out of the chaos they're creating. And at the same time, they're going to kill, I mean, untold sea life. Doing this, and who knows how many people as well, and destroy a lot of the economy most likely when this is all said and done. Instead of cleaning up the unprecedented catastrophe created by the cartel's mega corporations, Halliburton, Transocean, and British Petroleum, these very same companies are purposely killing the Gulf of Mexico under the pretense of cleaning it up. See, they say they're doing one thing, but they're actually doing the exact opposite. Instead of using safe, non-toxic ways to gather up the rogue oil gushing from their incompetence or planned cataclysm, which is what I believe it was, the private cartel is using an extremely toxic chemical dispersant with the approval of the Obama administration. You know, the thing that, that I, I wondered about this from the very beginning, the first thought that ever came into my head is that once this happened and once this oil started coming to the surface because oil is lighter than water, now what the dispersion is doing is causing most of the oil to sink now. And we're going to look at that. But if they wanted to really get on it quick, and I believe they've got the technology to cap this thing, I think it's all being suppressed. I believe we could have capped that thing short order. But it was, it was planned, so they don't have any reason or desire to cap it. Why didn't they just light it on fire? It's going to burn off. And at that point, whatever oil is coming to the surface is going to burn off. I don't care how much oil is coming to the surface, that is going to burn off. Fire is a very aggressive thing. If you've ever seen one burn, as long as there's fuel there, it's going to burn. Wouldn't that have been a real quick You know, I grant it. I understand there's going to be some pollution created from burning the oil, but it's better than the oil getting all into the ocean systems and killing all the all the animal life and killing the livelihoods of a lot of people and and whatever it's the consequences are going to be. They could have had it right there contained because as the oil came to surface, it's going to be burned up. Maybe maybe I'm oversimplifying things, but to me that seemed like a reasonable thing to do right from the very first day. What were they going to do? Save the oil rig? The oil rig had already sunk into the ocean or whatever. So, I I didn't buy this from day one. I knew they were doing this on purpose, and we're going to prove that today. Alan Levine, the head of the Louisiana Department of Health and Hospitals, said, quote, we don't have any idea or evidence behind the use of these chemicals in the water. We're now basically using one of the richest ecosystems in the world as a laboratory. So it makes sense to me. No, don't burn it. Don't try to use safe methods. Let's use a really, really toxic chemical dispersant. And I'm thinking, well, what about the side effects from that? Now you've got two toxic things in the water. You've got millions of gallons of crude oil spewing out from the bottom of the ocean. And now we're going to spray this dispersant on via planes, which is going to be more chemicals in the water and it's going to actually cause the oil to sink. And we're going to look at, at that. This is so horrific, what is going on. Uh, but again, it's being pretty much suppressed in the news, as what their true intentions are and, and what's really going on. As reported by Britain's Telegraph, the Louisiana State Secretary of Department of Wildlife and Fisheries, Robert Barham, reported, quote, we're very disappointed in their, meaning the EPA and the oil company executives, approach. Federal procedures call for a consensus between federal authorities, the responsible party, and the states involved. When we met and expressed our concerns over the use of dispersants, apparently they decided to go without us. And go they did. Obama's Environmental Protection Agency allowed BP Petroleum to turn our Gulf of Mexico into a toxic testing ground instead of removing the crude oil. British Petroleum, and and again, they did talk about burning. Uh, I think it was like two or three days into it. I'm thinking, why aren't they burning this? Why aren't they burning it? It's getting closer to shore. Oh, they can't. It's too many waves. Seas are too rough. Well, once it gets to shore, I mean, you know, now it's already into the, um, the swamps in the outer, and outer Louisiana. It's already in, I mean, they show these pictures. It's just horrific. No, they wouldn't have wanted to have burned it before it got there. No, we can't do that. We just, that's not an option. They would have just done it right off the bat. Even if the thing's spewing out oil, they're going to get rid of a lot of it just from that. But again, no, they can't do that. Because this is all by design. Every bit of it. It really, they really are that wicked. And they're more wicked than we can even imagine. Imagine. We, don't, we can't conceive, as a born-again Christian, you really shouldn't be able to conceive how wicked these people are, unless God saved you out of something like that. I mean, it's hard to conceive how the evil that we're talking about here. Uh, British Petroleum has even refused to use their own oil tankers. Line in the Gulf to suck up most of the runaway oil and possibly salvage it for sale later, as was done after the Saudi oil spill of the 1990s. That method was so successful, it vacuumed up 85% of the renegade oil. No, we can't do that. No, no. This is such a scam. I don't tell you this stuff so that we can sit around and wring our hands about it. I'm telling you this so that you get on your knees and whatever the Lord convicts you to do, pray, fast, do whatever. Because this is wickedness. This is pure wickedness what is going on. God can cap that well. Did you know that? He can stop it. And I'm not blaming any Christian. I'm just saying I think this is something we should pray for. If it be His will. Nevertheless, not my will but thine be done. Now I understand, God's judgment on America it is well-deserved, okay, for on so many different levels. So, but if it be his will, I think this is something we should really be praying about. Um, let's go further. Nick Posey, a former oil pipeline engineer and operations project manager, manager is puzzled why BP did not salvage perfectly good crude oil for later sale and thereby protect marine and wildlife. No, we wouldn't want to do that. What Mr. Posey does not know is that the oil companies are owned by the world's only only legal counterfeiters, which are the International Monetary Banking Cartel, who can, quote, print all the money they want. So making money on the Gulf oil spill was not really important to them. Killing the Gulf of Mexico is apparently what's important for them. For their own cryptic and esoteric reasons. That's a really awesome, very accurate line I just read you. Remember what I said before, there's nothing backing the money, they just print it as they need it? Well, the International Monetary Banking Cartel can print all the money They want, and they own the oil company, so making money in the Gulf in this particular instance was not important. Killing the Gulf is what's important for them. Why? For their own cryptic and esoteric reasons. Esoteric, that word implies occult knowledge, meaning hidden knowledge. They got a reason. It's order out of chaos. Model of the 33rd degree Freemason. They're wanting to bring their order partly the New World Order, out of this chaos. If the cartel had wanted to save marine life, any oil they had not vacuumed up could have been mulched with any number of non-toxic materials, such as, quote, oil sponge, a name trademarked by Phase 3 Inc. I saw this video the other day on Brass Check TV where these guys came and they poured oil in a uh, bowl and they threw some hay in there. They threw hay in there within like, and they just stirred it, which would have been like the waves, what they would have done. They stirred it and, and that water was almost clear. They, then they just scooped the hay out and set it aside. That water was almost clear within like 30 seconds. Now I understand, maybe again, we're oversimplifying, but they had just, they were talking about it's hay season um, in, in regard to hay harvesting, they could actually take those what was they C40s or whatever, that they're spraying the dispersants on there, and they could have just threw out hay on these things. And it would have absorbed a lot of the oil. And that's eventually going to wash up on shore, and you'll have to deal with it then, but it's better than the way it is now. At least there, there would be something that you could actually um, get. The way it is now, if it washes up in a liquid form, you can't really... Once it gets into the marshes and stuff like that, how are you going to salvage it? Anyway, it was just one of the many, many ideas that would fix this problem that they're totally suppressing. And again, they're doing it all on purpose. This should make you righteous and indignant. And I have found that when I get really righteous and indignant in prayer, like when I see those chemtrail planes flying over and they're spraying poison on the population, upon my daughter upon other Christians, it really makes me mad. And if you get righteous and indignant and get on your knees and pray, i found that those are the types of prayers, for me at least, that God seems to honor the most. The Bible says, be ye angry and sin not. And um, I think God wants us to get mad about this. I really do. I think he wants us to be motivated regarding these types of subjects. Because I think they make him mad. Those Bible verses we were just reading at the very start about how the heathen rage against God and they blaspheme him and they say all men are evil to God. You know, I think that makes God mad. Now, does that mean I think we shouldn't pray for their souls, that their their souls be saved if it be possible? Well, if it be, yeah, absolutely pray for them. I pray to God that they get saved, if it be possible. But the bottom line is, unfortunately, most of them will not be saved. Because narrow is the way which leadeth to life eternal, and few there be that find it. Now, that's God's business, okay? But these are things that I think we should be praying about. This is horrific, what is going on. And I don't even think I know or you know even the half of it at this point. Rated this oil sponge that we just mentioned is rated as the best performing absorbent by the US Army Corps of Engineers. Oil sponge is 100% organic and is made from renewable resources. Oil sponge is built using a microbial and nutrient package capable of transforming oil, hydrocarbons, into a safe byproduct of carbon dioxide and water. But the government bureaucrats of the Obama administration and the cartel's oil executives had no interest in using an environmentally friendly product to clean up what is the greatest, most likely the greatest man-made environmental disaster of all time. They were intent on making this unbelievable cataclysm far, far worse than one, so that it could never be cleaned up. That's what they really want. They don't want it to be cleaned up. They're doing nothing, as far as I can see. What they're doing is a joke. And the oldest persons are only making things worse, and we're going to discuss that. I had somebody send me the... Uh, Steve Quayle puts up different pictures on his website. And I've, if you ever saw my, my uh, teaching I did on the avion flu, there's something called the Illuminati card game, which I believe came out in 1991 and 93 where it's this card game they had on New World Order stuff. And a lot of the stuff in this card game, a lot of the pictures that they had, have all come to pass. For instance, the Twin Towers being hit. The 9-11 incident. That was already, that was one of their cards. And I showed this in the thing. And the title of that particular section of the presentation I did is Does the Illuminati Telegraph Their Punches? It's a tenet of, of the Kabbalah that one of the things that they want this, which is like high-level Luciferian Jewish mysticism witchcraft, okay, the Kabbalah, one of the tenets of that is that you tell your enemy what you're going to do to them prior to you doing it to them, because they love the fact that you're powerless to do anything about it. It's like a power trip to them. That they, they, they like that. And a lot of these things... And I go over instance after instance where it was unbelievable that they telegraphed for punches. I didn't know this, but there is a oil spill card on the Illuminati card game. See it? And um, I'm looking at it right now, and it shows this picture of a bird covered in oil and a boat going down. And it's the... Uh, it's a disaster, what they call a disaster card. Anyway, I give you the link if you want to look at it. Uh, all these cards are different ways the Illuminati, I'll say for argument's sake, is going to use to control us and to bring us to the New World Order. So here we have another one of those cards being played out. It cannot yet be proven the monetary car- cartel purposely blew up their own wellhead, but the crimes they have committed in their so called cleanup efforts are well documented in spite of no corporate media outrage. And again, let me just remind you of the story I I touched on a couple weeks ago that was entitled Gulf Oil Spill, the Halliburton Connection. Halliburton, you know, was Dick Cheney was the head of it at one time, one of the most wicked um, contractors that works with the U.S. government that there is, if not the most wicked. Okay, investigators... Delving into the possible cause of the massive Gulf oil spill or focusing on the role of the Houston-based Halliburton Company, the Giant Energy Services Company, which was responsible for cementing the drill into place below the water. The company acknowledged Friday that it had completed the final cementing of the oil well and pipe just 20 hours before the blowout of last week. So 20 hours before this happened to this oil rig, just so happened, Halliburton had just completed the final cementing of the oil well and pipe. 20 hours. And I'm sure there's no connection there. I'm sure they're innocent, pure as the driven snow. Rebecca of Sunnybrook Farm. Right? I, that's all I needed to know. That's all I needed to see. It was just that one thing to know this was absolutely, totally by design. But again, there's way more evidence than that. After the Exxon Valdez incident of 1989, Micelex of Georgia developed what looked like a paper towel to soak up 50 times its weight oil. And while the product is used from the Middle East to Europe to Canada, it was of no interest to the parties Obama charged with cleaning up the gulf of the floating oil those very same parties caused. But neither Obama nor the cartel will ever do anything for our dying U.S. and world economy, but they will ensure it dies while feebly pretending to resuscitate it. That's all this is about. Oh, we're trying. We really are. But we're kind of dumb, and and we're kind of inept, and we don't really know how to do anything, guys. But we're trying. We're trying. Trust us. We, We wouldn't steer you wrong. This is the change you can believe in. Remember Obama, the change you can believe in? Well, this is it. That's why that one guy was saying, get liquid, get get your, <laughs> you know, and I agree. See how a lot of these stories tie together, although one may seem totally unrelated to the next? We're getting a lot of cross-confirmation across the board of different things. That's why I like talking about current events, because we can see on a week-to-week basis what, how we're moving here. In, in a world of what could have been, there's hay, which is what I already mentioned. There's sawdust, crushed volcanic rock, even kitty litter that could have been mulched with the oil on the surface of Gulf waters, making it an easy for pickup. But the oil industry executives and their confederates in the Obama administration quickly made sure that all the spewing oil would either sink well below the surface, that's the key, or never rise to it. So, it could never be vacuumed up or neutralized. That's what they wanted. That's why they're putting the dispersants on there, so that the oil will sink. So, we're putting another toxic chemical into the ocean so that the oil sinks, so that we can't even get to it now. That's their solution. Worse yet, these international criminals of humanity and life in the Gulf committed their dastardly deed of deeply submerging the floating oil with an extremely dangerous chemical dispersant that would deny all marine creatures oxygen, thus killing them, the marine plant life to boot as a major underwater current carried this poisonous oil through the Gulf and into the Atlantic. that's the That's the reality that we're dealing with here. Try to give this mass murder a positive spin. BP spokesman John Crabtree said his corporation had dropped more than 560,000 gallons of this toxic chemical dispersant onto the surface slicks of the oil and 28,700 gallons of the chemical at the subsea wellhead, 5,000 feet below the sea level. I thought... I started thinking when they started doing this, I'm thinking, why are they using dispersants? What good is that going to do? The oil's still going to be there. Now you've just got two toxic things in the ocean instead of one. What good is the dispersants going to do? It's still there. Crab, crabtree's justification for such an insane criminal act that the dispersants would drive the oil well below the water surface thus keeping it away from coastal shorelines. Oh, that's, that is so great. Let's really talk about sweeping the problem under the rug, literally. Hey, out of sight, out of mind, right? It's the way of the world. That's, that's what the pharmaceutical industry is based on. You got a symptom? Just take a drug. Suppress the symptom. And let the underlying problem fester and fester and fester. Well, yeah, I got to take more drugs now because the problem's worse. Got more symptoms. Uh, maybe I got to take a couple drugs now because uh, I'm having side effects from the first one, and the problem's getting worse. And then you end up on the ten drugs until you're finally dead. Or now you really are a candidate for surgery, which is all by design. It's how the medical system's set up. I've done a whole series on that, pharmacia sorcery, which is where we get the root word for sorcery. It's also the, the word for pharmacy and pharmaceuticals and these types of things. You can find it up on YouTube. Or, or at contendingfortruth.com. Anyway, so instead of removing the oil, BP decided to make the oil even more toxic and drive it deep into the ocean where it can never be retrieved, but it will kill all marine life in its path. That's what they're doing. This is absolute total in- satanic insanity. From the Corps of Engineers, FEMA, and the Environmental Protection Agency, Coast Guard, and the Gulf State um, and the Gulf State Environmental Protection Agencies, the message is the same: "quote We've never dealt with anything like this before." The Obama administration also conspired with BP to fudge the extent of the oil leak, according to our federal and state resources. After the oil rig exploded and sank the government stated that 42,000 gallons per day was gushing from the seabed chasm. Five days later, the federal government upped the leakage to 210,000 gallons a day. Now remember, they report it in barrels of oil. Okay, I'm telling you, gallons of oil. 210,000 gallons a day. However, the Wayne Madison report has been informed that submersibles that are monitoring the escaping oil from the Gulf seabed are viewing television pictures of what is a volcanic-like eruption of oil. Moreover, when the Army Corps of Engineers first attempted to obtain NASA imagery of the Gulf oil slick, which is larger than is being reported by the media, it was turned down. However, National Geographic managed to obtain satellite imagery shots of the extent of the disaster and posted them on their website. There is other satellite imagery being withheld by the Obama administration that shows what lies under the gaping chasm spewing oil at an ever-alarming rate is a cavern estimated to be about the size of Mount Everest. Mount Everest? This information has been given almost national security level classification to keep it from the public, according to news sources. Now, again, I don't have any way of really verifying that. I'm telling you what they're telling you, and I know we're getting a whole lot more truth here than we're getting on the controlled mainstream garbage media. Mandy Joyce, a marine sciences professor at the University of Georgia, carefully chose her words about BP's deplorable dispersants, saying, quote, anything that requires oxygen will not be able to survive in that water. The food web is going to change. You could stymie the entire production level of the Gulf of Mexico. That's a very real possibility. Now again, she was being very careful with her words there. BP's chemical dispersants contain 2-buto-exe-ethanol, a compound that kills marine and wildlife. Exactly the life of our cleanup measures would try to save. So they're... They're using an ingredient that kills marine wildlife, and they know that. They're doing it on purpose. BP's chemical dispersants currently being dropped by airplanes break the crude oil into tiny droplets that sink well below the water surface where they form a giant cloud or plume, making it impossible to gather as it is the obvious intention. Why would you even use this? Why would you want to break it up and disperse it and make it sink. That would be the last thing you'd want to do. What you should have done is lit the thing on fire. The cost of one match, when it first happened, the thing would still be burning. But how could it have, it would have been burning. I don't care how much oil's coming up, it'll still burn. No, we couldn't do that. And with this poisonous plume creating a dead zone, currently estimated to be about the size of Delaware and Rhode Island combined, hidden at about 3,000 feet of water, no one can place an accurate figure on how much oil is actually gushed into the Gulf. We don't even know. We don't even have a clue. Can you imagine when all the dead sea life starts either coming to the surface or floating up on shore? Or the effects of that? Can you, I, you? I don't even think any of us can fathom what an absolute total abomination this is, is going to turn into. That it already is. And once this death-dealing plume reaches the large, rapidly moving loop current, and I'm, it's already done that, I believe it's already done this, This oily cloud of doom could swing toward Florida and Cuba, killing the coral reefs and all the marine life there. This is horrific. According to Stephen Howden, an oceanographer at University of Southern Mississippi, the loop current could drag the oxygen-destroying cloud into shallower waters, thus potentially impacting coral reefs and fisheries near Florida's coast. Another famous person for misleading... Um, and under for misleading and understated remarks is, of course Barack Obama. <clears throat> there can be no denying that Obama and his EPA regulators are accomplices to the crimes of in the Gulf of Halliburton, Transocean and British Petroleum or BP by allowing these perpetrators of the disaster to be the ones in charge of the capping and cleanup efforts. And instead of ex- Exorating the oil company executives extricating the oil company executives and government bureaucrats who dumped over half a million gallons of toxic dispersants into the Gulf. you should be arresting them for crimes against humanity, not to mention marine life and wildlife. Additionally, Obama Obama's teleprompter writers had the ignorance to state the ridiculous, where he said quote, "I know BP has committed to pay for the response effort. And we will hold them to their obligation, right? Never going to happen. The very obvious point is, Mr. Obama, you should have saved the Gulf of Mexico by making sure Transocean, Halliburton, and British Petroleum had nothing to do with the cleanup efforts, rather than making them pay to turn the Gulf into a dead zone. Uh, Obama went on to say many parties, including the federal government, should accept blame for the disaster. He stopped short of saying he himself should be in prison for his part in destroying the Gulf, though. He says, quote, there's oil leaking. We need to stop it. And we need to stop it as soon as possible, said Obama, right? You liar. Then he says it's not a leak, Mr. well, it ends by saying it's not a leak, Mr. Obama. It's a volcanic gusher spewing out an Exxon Valdez every 2 to 4 days, at least. We don't even know the half of it. Next article. BP and the Coast Guard are threatened to arrest journalists for covering the oil-polluted shoreline in Louisiana. U.S. Coast Guard's motto is Semper Paratus, in Latin meaning always ready or always prepared. In the case of BP's Gulf oil disaster, the Coast Guard is apparently always prepared to prevent the media from covering Louisiana's oil-soaked Gulf shoreline. CBS journalists were threatened with arrest by BP contractors and the Coast Guard when they attempted to film the beach. And they got a video here you can watch. This is BP's rules, not ours, someone aboard the boat said. In other words, BP is running the show, not the Coast Guard or the government. Oh, so BP can tell me to stay off the beach. They own the beach now. They, they committed this unbelievably horrific act, and now they own it all, evidently, by default. That, that makes a lot of sense. Carl Burkhart, writing for Mother Jones, reports numerous unconfirmed reports of cameras and cell phones being confiscated, scientists with monitoring equipment being turned away, and local reporters blocked from access to public lands impacted by the oil spill. But wait, writes Burkhart, isn't this a public beach? From my viewpoint, it looks as though the Coast Guard has been given direct orders to protect BP's public relations interests. Above, safety concerns over air and water quality above the outcries of local governments in need of aid, and worst of all, above the need for the American public to be informed about what's really going on in the Gulf. Here's another one. At what cost? It's entitled, At What Cost? BP spill responders told to forego precautionary health measures and cleanup. This is from Venice, Louisiana. Local fisher... And again, I've got all this linked. You can click in all these links and see this for yourself. Local fishermen hired to work on BP's uncontrolled oil leak in the Gulf of Mexico are scared and confused. Fishermen here and in other small communities dotting the southern marshes and swamp of Barat- Baratia Bay are getting sick from working in the cleanup. Yet BP is assuring them they don't need respirators or other special uh, protection from the crude oil and its strong hydrocarbon vapors or chemical dispersants being sprayed in massive quantities on the oil slick. You don't need any. Come on. You don't need any of that. You just probably need a vaccine, maybe. You know? Or some more drugs. Fishermen have never seen the results from air quality monitoring patches some of them wear on their rain gear when they are booming and skimming the giant oil slick. However, more and more fishermen are suffering from bad headaches, burning eyes, persistent coughs, sore throats, stuffy sinuses, nausea and dizziness. They are starting to suspect that BP is not telling them the truth. Oh, I I wonder why. So, the very... Fishermen whose livelihoods are gone. Gone. They're done. They're going to have to move, you know, I don't know how far this is going to spread, but they'd have to move to another part of the planet. The very fishermen whose livelihoods are, they're, they're killing those very fishermen in the cleanup effort. What's, what's one of the main things it's doing? It's benzene. This is an article entitled, Benzene the Killer Plans to Evacuate the Gulf Population. Now again, I haven't been able to get verification on this evacuation of Florida. Okay? But, all I can tell you is I've gotten several emails from individual people that are saying that there are National Guard units mobilizing in different parts of the country that I believe are being sent to Florida. Uh, All kind of chatter regarding this where Florida could literally be evacuated or be on lockdown martial law the whole nine yards. I don't know. I'm just telling you, I'm giving you a little bit of a heads up. I mean, if this is as bad as, as we're saying, and, and I, it's at least this bad, there's going to have to be some really horrific things that happen as a result of it, most likely. Because you can't suppress this forever. Benzene, incredible amounts of benzene are being released into the atmosphere, and it is clear and is a clear and present danger not only for old people with respiratory problems, but with the Gulf population in general. International, The International Agency for Research on Cancer, or the IARC, has determined that benzene is a human carcinogen and can cause various forms of cancer from prolonged exposure. Exposure to high level of benzene show association with leukemia cancer, including acute Myelogenous l- leukemia, acute lymphocytic leukemia, and chronic myelogenous leukemia. Benzene-related leukemias have been reported to develop in, a short, in as short as nine months. Aromatic liquid that evaps, evaporates quickly into the air can dissolve in water. Remember, this stuff evaporates quickly into air. Benzene is present in crude oil, gasoline, and cigarette smoke. It is industrially used as a solvent in paints and other chemicals and products such as dyes, detergents, nylon, plastics, drugs, and pesticides. Benzene is widely used in the U.S. It ranks in the top 20 chemicals for production volume and it makes up about 1% of every gallon of gasoline. The International Agency on Cancer has determined that benzene is a human carcinogen and can be cause various forms of cancer from prolonged exposure. Now, if this... Goes into the loop current, and if it loops around, it'll loop around uh, down Florida's west coast, around the bottom, and then up the other side. This is, I believe, this is the Gulf Stream we're in reference to, and then that'll go right up the side of America. Okay, and benzene being released. You at Florida will at some point most likely be hitting from be hit from both sides. You'll be like a sandwich in this benzene stream. Really from three sides. Because it'll it'll go down the coast, down the bottom, and up the other side. So Florida would probably be the worst place you could be because you you would be right in the middle of it. Which is where I am. And, and I'm greatly praying about what the you know, Lord wants me to do here at this point. And again, this is why I do these teachings, to give you a heads up. The Bible says that we... You know, my children are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Okay? And this is one of th- those things that you could be destroyed on. And again, I can't be, sit here and be, tell you, do this, do that. I'm telling you, I'm putting the information out. You pray, you fast about it, you see the way the Lord leads you. Uh, according to the IARC, benzene is considered, quote, the mother of all. Carcinogens, end of quote, as a large number of carcinogens have structures that include benzene rings. This is another, it's depopulation. It's order out of chaos. It's killing, it's destroying. It's killing livelihoods, it's killing people. That's going to be the fruit of all of this. And it was all by design, every bit of it. That's, I'm gonna go ahead and end part one there and we'll go to part two next.